Trainer. Yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Good to see you. I was really hoping it wasn't really cold in here. I will turn it up. No, we can. It's fine. You can, you can say whatever you please. Yeah, we're good. We should turn up the heat, but can you share that blanket that's on your chair? You want to towel? Of course. Here you go. We have other blankets. We have other blankets. We have blankets too. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's really soft. That's just a towel. Nobody Hi guys. Welcome. Good to see you. Good to see you too. I'm so <laughs> happy to be here. Yeah, I'll get you. I'm so happy to have you. This is going to be so funny. Okay. Always the coziest. This is hilarious. You get set up there. Thanks. What's up? You can get upset up there. You get whatever. You crisscross applesauce. Just cuddle up. Yeah. They're yours. These are mine. You look great. I do? Yeah, you look beautiful. <laughs> Everyone all day today has just been like, you're glowing. I was just about to say you're glowing. <laughs> I'm so happy. It's a good energy to have in the room right now. Mm. It, it, it feels good to be in your energy. So thanks I, for sharing. Thank you for noticing. Oh. <laughs> Is this like a new music energy? Is this a uh, uh, new you energy? I don't know. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like... Uh, yeah, I'm so excited about this song. And I didn't think that I was going to be coming and seeing you guys <laughs> so soon. I uh, I just finished my tour. Yes, which by the way, I've been following on social media. So I've been keeping in the loop on every stop. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's been just absolutely insane. Uh we sold half a million tickets. Jeez. No big deal. Which is crazy <laughs> that that many people wanted to come be in a room with me. <laughs> I'm worried about all of them. <laughs> but like you thinking about that, like I can see it on your face. Like you are genuinely w worried a little bit, but also. Yes. <laughs> are you worried because it's you or are you worried that the music in general is where the next generation's dispensable income is going? Uh, Wow. What an insightful topic. I wasn't actually prepared to go down that wormhole. We don't need to. No, I mean, it's it's actually, you know, it's an interesting thing because I think music is demanding more money than ever from consumers, from fans, and artists are receiving less of it than ever. So where's it all going is the question. Uh, that, um, that really nice tower in Hollywood, the rent there is really expensive. Oh, you know, I know a thing or two about that tower. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you probably bought a floor or two. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I was going to say, no, I mean, I think like, it's, yeah, it's been crazy. It's definitely been crazy, but it keeps getting crazy. Hi. Oh. I love you. Sorry, it's Leslie. Do you want to come cover me? Because you can. <laughs> think about it. I'll give you a second to think about it. Um, Decision made. No. Yeah. Sorry. She could come back. I probably look like a big animal. The, yeah, right? Know. You do look fluffy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say like a baby bear, but keep going. I love it. I want to be an otter. I love oh, otters. So cute. I feel like I give off a big otter energy. I, I can see that. Big otter energy? Well, like little otter energy. I can see that. Do you chill on your back a lot? Yeah. 
Just want, <laughs> right? Because that's how otters chill, yeah, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they swim in the black back. Tummies up. Collect rocks, hold hands. You know. That they do hold hands. Yeah, it's very cute. That's I love, love otters. Um, back to music and money. Sorry. And kids. Yes, I yeah. Tour is just the most unbelievable thing in the world because it's my favorite thing to do. I marvel in the fact every single night that I've been touring for years years which is insane just to say that and to speak that is crazy and it just flew by so fast too it was like four years four and a half years of touring like wow wow, i've really been doing this for a long time and i marvel every single night at the fact that i've never in my whole life walked to stage and thought to myself oh it's just an hour and a half just two i'll get through it like, or I'll just go do it. I've never thought that. I feel fortunate. I feel excited. I feel inspired every single time I get on stage, no matter what's going on in my life. It is so my safe place. And I feel so fortunate that at this point in my career, I can say that. I can say that I still walk to stage every night like, let's go. Yeah. It gives me goosebumps because there's a lot of people who don't do that. I know. And, and they, they give into the comfort of like this, the flow that you get in while touring and this mm-hmm. idea that it's just one show. And if this show doesn't go well, you got tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What, what keeps you from being jaded? What, what keeps that inspiration? Is that it? My f- I mean, two, it's two things. I think it's my fans are amazing and always appreciative and always receptive and I'm a storyteller like you know what keeps a storyteller alive an audience which is you know what I get to be in front of every night but it's also I think I think it says a lot about my music and uh, it says a really awesome thing to me about my music which is that after years and after growth and after changing my mind and changing my mind a hundred more times after that, the songs still resonate with me. And they still affect me in this, you know, time in my life, in this, you know, day of my life, even though I wrote some of them years ago. And I love that. Because if I can sing them every single night and they still resonate with me, then I really hope that means it's they're doing the same for my fans, you know? Which is great. That's amazing. Do you change your not performance style, but who you perform to in your head when you sing songs? Like, do you have a place that you go or a couple different places you go for each song to make it different? Sometimes. Sometimes I do. I've, I've found recently I've been imagining certain people in the crowd to, like, motivate and see what kind of performance it pulls out of me. Um, and it does change, you know. I think anyone who's... I have, I have a really cool culture in my fan base that I feel like exists a lot in boy bands and exists a lot in emo music um and it's the travelers Hmm. most of my fans they'll come come to multiple shows um people very rarely I think just go to one and because I know that I try to give a completely unique performance every single night um it's exhausting. I'm like, how do I be interesting <laughs> again? <laughs> like, um, but it's made me a better performer, and it's like just kicked me into shape and kept me engaged and kept me excited because every night I'm seeing faces in the crowd that were there the night before, and I'm not going to give them the same show because I don't want them to feel like they wasted their money, and I want them to feel like they're, you know, getting 
unique experiences and nuanced experiences because I hate nothing more than when an artist gets on stage and reads a script every night. Wow, Seattle, this is the best crowd of the whole tour. Would you guys do me a favor and put up your lights? I don't want to do that. So I don't have a script, um, which is scary because it means I can say anything. And you have the potential to say... To like, say some... Yes. Don't get me in trouble. But, but you're genuine like that, right? You're affected by the energy that you're given or if you see... Like, you, you respond from your heart every time. Yeah. So you, you run a risk. But that's why people love you, right? That's... Yeah. You know, that lack of script is why people feel a connection to you. I, I think I think that's true. Um, and it's funny because it comes across as a compliment, which I love, so thank you. Um, but I also do think it's very much a fact um, that I have a very strong connection with my fans because... You know, I've been the open book. Um, Good or bad, been the open book. Yeah. But I, I think I said this to you guys last time I was here. Being honest with my fans keeps me honest with myself. The, my mom always told me when I was a kid, if you tell one lie, then you have to tell another, and then another, and another, and another. And that's how artists lose themselves. They start with one lie. And then who are they? So if I keep myself honest with my fans, I keep myself honest with myself. And I get to go to bed at night being like, Wow, I'm still me. That's cool. (laughs) You know? Has that, like, loomed over you or been in the back of your mind since beginning this journey? The, am I going to lose myself kind of thing? The lie, yeah. Like, this idea that, like, you have to stay away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. And it's been hard. Because I've definitely had moments where it's been, like, for the greater good the pursuit of truth and honesty and authenticity I want to say this but also like it's going to cause me a world of emotional pain if I do or a world of of backlash or you know so what do I do do I do I be honest because I feel like it's my moral responsibility to um and risk getting hurt or do I protect myself, but does that start the lying? Is that when the lying starts? You know, it's weird. You talk about moral responsibility. I want to shift really, really quick, and then I want to dive right into cool. Without Me, because I think Without Me is very much connected to your authentic self, right? Yeah. And obviously it's... So I walked in smiling so big. <laughs> <laughs> because it's... Okay, we'll get to my other question in a second. Hopeless Fountain Kingdom, when you were writing that, who were you? And what was that? where was that coming from and through what lens? I didn't know, and that's why I wrote it. That, I didn't know who I was, and that's why I wrote it, was to figure it out. Um, your art is a, refle- is a reflection of you. It's a manifestation of you. So I thought if I made 15 songs, I could look at them and go, oh, okay, that's who I am. And um, it didn't work. What did you want to see? I didn't, I don't know. I think I wanted to see someone who chose herself and walked away from like a relationship that didn't serve me any longer, serve me spiritually or emotionally or whatever, any longer. And I think I told myself that for a really long time, but the universe does this thing where if you don't learn a lesson the first time, it makes you learn it again, <laughs> um, which is why I'm still writing about the same themes <laughs> post, <laughs> post that album. Don't get me wrong. Hopeless Found Kingdom is very, very much what I was going through, but I had to tell it through a cinematic lens um, because I think that I had a harder time coming to terms with it than I realized. You needed to gloss it up. You needed to Concept album. It. Yeah. For, because then it wasn't me. Yeah. It was Luna. It was a character. 
It was a five-video storyline with gunfights and car crashes and explosions to validate my own pain and my own experience to myself by putting it on a big screen and saying, see all this chaos? That's how bad it felt. That's crazy, right? I'm, I'm like, not upset for, like, I should be upset, right, guys? Right, guys? Like, it was almost like giving it to my fans, like, hoping that they would be like, all your feelings are valid, Ash. Um, but then I figured out, you know, the key to making good music is seeking that validity inward, not outward. Um, and I love Hopeless Found Kingdom so much. It was so fun to make. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a concept album. So as authentic as it was, it was still, there was still a little bit of dress up and makeup and filter and lens and, you know? You just said the key to good music is inward, not outward. Would you consider Hopeless Fountain Kingdom good music by your current definition? Yeah. Well, f- well, for me. I think also society. I think you have some timeless records off that, <laughs> Thank you. Off that album. I think, like, uh, it's funny because it divert. it's completely created this divide in my fan base. There's like Badlands kids and there's Hobos Around Kingdoms, Kingdom kids. And it's like you're like a type of person. It's like a personality type, like based on which album you identify with more. And it's so split. It's split so evenly. There's people who will, like, will literally die to be like, Badlands is the better album. And then people who were like, Hopeless Found Kingdom was so much better and she grew melodically and transformed. Like people will fight for each of them so equally. It's so interesting to watch how would you describe the personality of a badlands kid compared to a hopeless fountain kingdom kid mm, badlands kid is shy okay hopeless fountain kingdom kid is um a little more confident not confident wrong word um boisterous um both of them anyone who's a Halsey fan is looking to learn something about themselves. Because I try to make music that makes you do that, that makes you think about yourself and go, oh, God, do I do that? Do I think that way? Have I done that? Have I felt that? Um, That's key to good music for me because then it makes my fans look inward. But and, and but the only way for you to make music that that that's, has the, the audience asking those questions is for you to at some point ask yourself those same questions. Yeah, I mean, my fans come to me every day, in the meet and greet or like on the street, whatever, and they're like, "Your songs make me feel less alone." I'm like, I'm one person, and I'm telling you, I've had the same experience as you, and that makes you feel less alone. I got millions of people telling me they've had the same experience as me. Imagine what you're doing for me. Like, you think I'm helping you. You guys have no idea what you're doing for me. Um, you are telling me that all my my pain and my successes and my, my victories and my happiness and my sadness and all of it, when you relate to it, you tell me back, you're like, hey, this is really happening and this is real. And that's okay, because we're all feeling it too. But that's it. So the, there, there shouldn't be a sense of loneliness, no. because there is a community, right? Like it, totally. they, they, they're attached to your records. You're attached to them. Like it's, there's a community in this fan base. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is worth something. It's and, like a frequency. I, I call it. It's like a frequency. Like the way we all move 
is so bizarrely in tune without me. When I put that song out, it was unlike any song I've ever put out before the response. Because it was like every single Halsey fan said, I needed this right now. This could not have come at a better time in my life. And I was watching all these messages come in from like thousands of people who were like, I needed this right now. And I'm like, are we all going through the same thing at the same time? And then I stopped and went, oh, wait, yeah, we are, because that's the human experience. Exactly. Boom. <laughs> and that's it. why it's so awesome. <laughs> but but that, like, I just hope the world thinks of the fact that we are way more alike than we are all different yeah. in so many different aspects of life. And that's music, baby. That's, that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. It's for uniting people. Does music have a uh, a duty or a responsibility to reflect not just common co- culture today, but to reflect a cultural ideal? Right, like this idea that it is music and brings us together. Should music re- remind people of that? Uh, absolutely. I've always said there's like two types of music though. There's music that music that is provocative and music that's distracting. Music that makes you think about everything that's going on and music that makes you forget about everything that's going on. It's two types of music. Both of them are okay and both of them are necessary. What is without me? Without me is is that's a provocative record. <laughs> I think um, I think it's a pretty provocative record um, yeah I mean so uh, do you want me to just talk about it no I, I'm, I'm gonna dive right in I mean yeah I, the record's beautiful thank you it is it, is this Ashley or is this Halsey for sure Ashley there's no album <laughs> so is, is that like the definition like it, when there's an album it's Halsey when it's just a solo record like this this is you I but, don't know if I really want to define it because I don't think I'm ready to to do that yet I think that most of my excitement in saying like uh, surrounding this release of being like this is me this is me this is Ashley a lot of that is a reflection of my personal growth um, which therefore has impacted my artistic growth because there's no artistic growth without personal growth I think like you know music has this um this list of rules that keeps the industry alive they're like necessary evils you know like plans and rollouts and promo and this and that and sometimes it can feel like music is contrived in that way where like we live in a world where if you're an artist you can make a record and go to your record company and say hi i would like to put this out and they can be like no (laughs) and you can be like what that's what you signed me for was to make art and put it out. And they can be like, mm-mm, wrong time. This is going to affect our other artist's release. Or this is going to get in the way of this other song of yours we really want to do well because we have an ad campaign interest in it or because we have something else invested in it. Or we don't want you to put this out because it sounds too similar to a song that another artist on the label wants to put out. Whatever. I don't know. I don't really deal with that stuff over where, where, I'm, where I'm signed. I'm fortunate. But I know that these things happen. Um... And so, and I've, and I've obviously dealt with them around my albums where I've been like, I want to put out this music video. And people have been like, well, you have to wait because we want to do this on this day and it's going to affect this release. And I've been like, God, there's so many rules. There's so many rules. That's not why I started doing this. Art is fun. Why are there so many rules? And that's what is so cool about Without Me is I'm supposed to be off right now. I finished my tour. I'm supposed to be on vacation I, I took a week long vacation for my birthday but that was supposed to be like a 10 week vacation happy belated by the way thank you I'm supposed to be sleeping <laughs> and my brain was like then why the f- are you here because my brain was like hmm, you thought 
Um, here's this thing that I'm going to majestically drop into your brain right now. And it's I'm going to force you to look in your hands and go, oh, my God, what have I done? This song is awesome. Because that's what I did. And then I went to my managers and was like, I wrote an awesome song. And they were like, why are you freaking out? That's a great thing. And I was like, because what are we going to do? I'm not ready to put out the next album. And I don't want to hold on to it for that long because it might not be relevant to me later. I'm just freaking out, guys. Should I put it as a deluxe song on HFK? And they were like, stop thinking about the rules. Let's just put it out. And I went, oh my God. You're so right. I can do that. (laughs) It's beautiful. (laughs) It was crazy. And it's liberating. That's why I walked in here with a smile on my face. (laughs) That's why I've been so like jumping out of bed like it's Christmas morning to do promo about this record. That's why I'm sitting here talking to you guys when I thought I was going to be on vacation. I had a choice. My choice was time off or put this song out. And I picked putting out the song. Zach Sancho. Hey friends, sorry for the interruption, but if you're considering going back to school, you should ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Two, do you have college credits that you need transferred? Three, do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Arizona State University is the perfect school for you. Arizona State University offers over 150 highly ranked degree programs, 100% online. You're going to earn the same degree that you want on campus from wherever you are, totally on your schedule. That's awesome. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits, so it's easy. If you want more information, text Zach, Z-A-C-H, to 35517. That is Zach to 35517, so you can learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates. And you ready for this? You also find out why 87% of ASU grads are recruited within 90 days of graduation. That's, like, really impressive. Like, uh, like uh, honestly, I kind of want to go back to school. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. To learn more about ASU Online degree programs, text Zach to 35517. That is Z-A-C-H to 35517. Okay, let's get back to this interview. Zach Sancho. I want to connect timelines here. When yeah. and where did this song hit you? Was it on the road? Yeah. How long ago? Oh, my God, like three months ago. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, so you write it's this... fresh, man. I wrote it and was just like, get it out. Put it out. The world, I needed. To, it needs to come to life right now. Were you, was this immediately as it was all happening that you turned to songwriting or did it all happen and you took a couple days to reflect and then the song came out? I mean, I think it was while it was leading up to the culmination. I have to be honest. Um, the song led me to my decision at that time. Because I listened to what I wrote and went, oh my God, is that how I feel? If that's how I feel, then I need to put the pause on this thing right now. Um, Obviously talking about my relationship. Yeah. Um, So the song happened first. And it was just like, this moment of just like sincerity. Almost like this like cry for help kind of. And the reason it was so... I think uh, magical for me and my team and everyone involved is because when I sit down to make a, an album, it's very methodical. It's like I collect poetry and like references and like movies and images and like things. It's like little grocery bag of artistic <laughs> ingredients. And then I go into the kitchen, the studio, like six to eight weeks and I put an album together and it's, it's a whole cohesive process. And then I switch from album mode 
into tour mode and then I go on tour and then I switch out of tour mode into album mode and they're two very different mentalities one is creating one is executing um but I was in the car with a bunch of people on my team and I went I need to go to a studio right now and they were like what because <laughs> I'm always writing but asking to go to a studio right now for no reason in the middle of like like for what we're not starting an album you don't have any sessions on the books like what's good why are we doing this you mean business it was just it had to happen this song begged to come to life and i'm so happy it did and i'll tell you what it happened when i you know um i looked at my relationships all around me all of them because this isn't just a, the song's not just about one it's about romantic relationships of the past romantic relationships of the present friendships relationships with family professional relationships and it made me sit down and go i feel like i'm giving so much to so many people in my life and i feel like i'm getting nothing back but instead of blaming them i tried to look inward and i tried to think what makes me seek relationships with people who I need to take care of or who aren't going to give back um, because that's not a character flaw in all those people. The only common denominator here is me. What'd you find? I think I found a lot of problems of my own that I didn't want to address so I distracted myself by helping other people. And carrying other people's baggage. And that made me feel good. Um, and if I could fix a problem in someone else, it was a temporary fix and a temporary pat on the back or a solution as opposed to fixing that problem within me. Um, and so I cut a lot of people out of my life. Some temporary, temporarily, obviously, because Gene and I are back together. Um, and some permanently. Some people I was like, I can't. Um, I was approaching my 24th birthday. I was finishing my tour. I was looking at my life. And I was like, I just can't carry this anymore. I can't do it. Did you feel like their baggage was becoming your baggage while your baggage kept piling and piling up? Yeah, I did. Um, and I, I was really, it wasn't until a time of need when I really needed a support system that I looked around and was like, who is that support? Because I'm the was person, I'm the person where I don't ever ask for help but you support everybody else but i take care of everybody else but when you needed it i needed help and then went none of these people know how to help me because they've never had to before because they're just so used to me taking care of them i don't want to say none of these people because i have a team sitting behind me full of incredible people who were very supportive to me that's why they're still here <laughs> you got some gems back um, there and, am and amazing people who when i brought this record they said we support you you have to put this out we'll do whatever it takes to help you get this out you know um and people who supported and, and uh, amplified, magnified my truth, um, who became a megaphone for it, which is great. Um, but but uh, I did that, and that was part of my personal growth. And now this song is a souvenir. <laughs> <It's> a, nice. <laughs> would you say therapy or reminder or a time capsule? What's like? How would you describe this song and its and what it's done for you and what it means to you? I mean, I love the way the fans are responding and saying that it's helped them. Because the thing is, the song is really dynamic. It's it's polarizing in a weird way where it's like, 
when I was testing it out, like playing it for people around me, I want to say there was two reactions, but there was kind of three. There's like a, there's like a alt third reaction. <laughs> Mostly it was the first, the first like group of people would get kind of quiet and kind of sad, and the song would finish, and they'd go, <clears throat> "Wow." And I would look at those people, and I'd be like, "You feel that way right now. You feel how I feel right now." The second group of people would hear it, and they would be like, "Woo! Yeah! Talk that! Say that!" And I looked at those people and was like, "You felt that way once, and you found your way out of it." So it's like for the people suffering through that feeling of you know carrying other people's emotional baggage, it's a sad song for them. But for people who are finding their way out or who have found their way out, it's empowering. It's a reminder of what they went through and that totally. you can get out of it. But isn't that crazy that a song can be sad and uplifting at the same time? What's happening? And you know why? It's because this song is a manifestation of my real, real emotions. And emotions can't be put in a box, so therefore, nor can this record. <laughs> so is this going to kind of set the path for an entire album? I mean, I hadn't... Uh, no. No. I don't think the third album is going to sound anything like that song. Another concept album? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not putting any limits or anything on myself this time. Um, no expectations. Without Me is a, a record I'm super proud of because I just let it rip. I just... F I went for it. It's the best my voice has ever sounded. I'm so proud of how my voice sounds on this record. Um, and it's the most like emotionally meaningful song they, for me that I've put out. I know there's other ever? songs. I mean, kind of, yeah, man, because I was in this really public breakup yeah. that everyone was watching. And it was a hard time for me as the open book artist. Because I've been telling everyone all my business for so long. <laughs> and what do you choose not to say? And what do you actually say? And how say? do I come along now and be like, okay, actually, I kind of want to start keeping some of this to myself, if that's okay. And I was scared. And so this breakup happened, and I was puzzled. I was completely perplexed. I was like, how do I approach this? I want to give my fans the explanation that they aren't necessarily entitled to, but they've come to expect from me because of the precedent that I've set but I also want to be a human being and deal with this privately um what the heck do I do what do I say do I have to say anything do I have to people asking so many questions what's going on you guys can get back together what's who what, how did it happen what do you blah, blah. and I was like god what do I do what do I do what do I do what do I do and then it was like ding write a song that's your job you're an artist kid remember that you're not a personality you're not Instagram personality you're not you're not a celebrity an you're not an inf yeah you're not a person you're not a personality you're an artist if you have something to say put it in the song and I did it and went oh that felt so good I'm sure that was the mature moment for me it was a classy moment for me and it was a moment that proved to myself that at the end of the day I am still an artist no matter how crazy the social media endorsement all the other like accessories that come with being a musician that can make you more of a famous person than an artist this was the moment that snapped my little ass back to reality and went hey you make art not headlines go make art 
and I did it. And I'm so proud that, and happy that I did it. And that's why I walked in this room with that smile. <laughs> I have goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, man. It's really cold in here, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I have a blanket. What was G's reaction to the song? He loves it. He does? He loves it. Um, he loves it a lot. Uh, we were fans of each other's music before we were dating. Um, so despite, you know, the way it might hurt, um, how how are we to dislike the thing about each other that made us fall in love with each other to begin with, mm-hmm. you know? He, like, he respects me as an artist, and honestly, it was awesome writing that song because it's I said so many things to everyone in that song that I don't know if I could have necessarily articulated to their face. So a lot of people in my life, I'd get in the car and be like, hey, can I play you something? And I'd play the song, and I watched a lot of faces go, I might be part of the problem she's singing about. And I watched how my relationships changed after I played them the song. And I saw people make more of an effort. And I saw people be there for me emotionally and check in on me and do some of the things that they maybe weren't doing before because they heard themselves in the song and they heard how upset I was in the song. And, you know, he was one of those people too. And that's a beautiful thing. It's like, I don't care what anybody thinks. It's like, we're humans and we're in our 20s. God, give me a break. Um, I've grown. He's grown. We've grown together. And how great is that? It's beautiful. It's great. At at what point writing the song did you decide to use the Justin Timberlake lyrics? Ah, Mm. that was the last thing I added. Okay. I added that actually just like right before I got ready to put it out. And it was because for a couple reasons. The first is because Cry Me a River is the first breakup song I can remember ever hearing as a kid. You know what I mean? It's a classic. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was the first breakup song I could remember hearing. The second um, is because, because it was the first experience that I ever had with a celebrity breakup. And it was one of the most publicized breakups of all time. Mm-hmm. And it was this weird little parallel to me where I was like, you guys want your celebrity breakup? You got it. I'm going to give it to you by referencing the very celebrity breakup that I witnessed when I was you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So full yeah, circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was really cool. I don't know. It added just like a little personal touch, like as if the song wasn't personal enough, but it was just like, you know, if the song was is a, is a wedding that little sample bit is the something blue. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tucked but. it in there. It was just like, this one's more for me than you guys. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Without Me opens your eyes to your reality and it leads to the breakup. What leads to the rekindling? What leads to the you two coming back together? Communication. Um, and for and, uh, forgiveness, but not in the way that you would think. Not forgiving each other. Forgiving ourselves. It's, you know, I mean... We put so much pressure on ourselves. And the thing that's crazy about that is that, you know, we obviously have such a strong connection because we're two of of very few people who feel like we can actually relate to each other and, like, really relate to each other. Like, artistically, family, personal, just, like, really, really... It's like, hey, I understand you. And all an artist wants is to be understood. So when you meet someone who understands you, you fall in love with them. Sometimes they're your fans and it's a different kind of love. 
but that's why it's love. Sometimes it's your managers or your team, and that's a different kind of love too, but it's love. And then sometimes you fall in love, love. And it's like, you understand me, you know? But because of that, we take a lot of shit out on each other because we know we're the only ones who can. So, you know, if we have a long day and he can't yell at his manager or yell at, you know, someone who gave him a hard time or yell at the person who packed his schedule unrealistically, inhumanely. He calls you. But he yells at me. <laughs> and I yell at him. But it's because we know, it's it's almost because we love each other so much. It's almost like, I know I, can, I can't take this out on anyone else, but I'm going to take it on you right now because I know, A, you understand, and B, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. And you the foundation I mean? of love is so strong yeah. and understanding. It's like, I need to yell right now, so I'm picking you mm-hmm. because you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's a, a, a yelling, obviously, not the best thing, but that's yeah. a special thing to share with somebody. Yeah, we just have to figure out how to do it the healthy way. Right. You know? Yeah. Would you say, without me, both opened your eyes to reality and led to the breakup, but also helped you two get back together? Yeah. Totally. It's a breakup makeup song. Yeah, I because like it's about... Would you have the song if it wasn't for the breakup? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Which is why I'm thankful it happened. As I find most artists are thankful for their pain sometimes because it's inspiration, you know? Um, it's a really... I'm going to do a cliche thing. But like Kurt Cobain said in, in one of his, his letters, his journal entries, he said, thank you for the trauma. I need it for my art, you know? It's the truth. And that's like, it was, to be an artist is to walk around thanking people in a way who've hurt you and by being like, thank you for this. Because not only am I going to get better now, but I'm also going to put out a awesome song. Mm-hmm. Hell you know? yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we've, it, it's all a learning process and it's all about communication and, um, I think the hardest lesson a young person has to learn in their 20s is um, you are not the main character in everybody's story. Wow. You're the main character in your own. And that's it. But you're a secondary character. Like, you're not the main character in everybody's story. Now, imagine how much harder of a epiphany to come to that is when you are a famous person. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) It's a harsh (laughs) pill to swallow. Yeah. Because you you think you are. You think you're the center. Yeah, and it's not even in a narcissistic way where you're like, if I'm the center of everybody's universe, it's like, oh my God, I feel like everything is about me all the time. Because it is. Because you wake up and everyone you hang out with works for you. So, you know, their life is based around your life. And, you know, everyone that you interact with on a fan level is like a, a fan. They're there because they, you know love your music and love your life and love your this and love your that and so it's like hard to spend the whole entire day like sometimes when I'm doing promo for an album I literally go home and I'm like oh can we talk about anything but me right now I just don't want to talk about myself anymore I just don't want to do it I don't want to be around people who want to ask me about me I don't want to be around people who work for me who like me I want to go ha- I would just love to go hang out with a bunch of people who hate me right now please because it's exhausting and also think about what that does for your like mental stability to be constantly constantly self-reflecting because every time I do an interview it's all you talk about is yourself and and also what's coming out of my mouth like it's not rehearsed I know so sometimes I'm coming to epiphanies as they're coming out of my mouth and coming to you so sometimes I leave here or leave a day full of doing interviews or whatever it is and I get in the car and I'm like 
All right, time to think about all that stuff I said out loud that I didn't realize I was feeling until I said it out loud. Oh, my God. Also, I said it to the whole world before I even realized I felt it. I hope I meant it, because it just came out of my mouth. And everyone's going to hear it. Yeah. And judge it. Yeah. So, yeah, but being musicians in a relationship is kind of weird. Halsey. Hey. Ashley. Thanks, guys. <laughs> a lot of love and many emotions and energy and goosebumps, dude. I really appreciate mm-hmm. you taking the time, as always. You yeah. are... Really one of the best. I mean, you guys are the best. I have, these are my favorite interviews ever. I come here and I leave my reservations at the door. I'm scared of people sometimes. Um, I think sometimes people use me as a vehicle to talk about stuff they feel like they can't get other artists to talk about um, or to stir up some kind of like controversy and they do so without really understanding me or even really caring about my art at all. Uh, but when I come here, I... Uh, I take like a super deep breath and just go, ah, it's like, <laughs> it's a safe, safe place to talk because I feel like I'm around people who are like compassionate and understanding and uh, want to hear me talk about things in a manner that is uh, constructive and, you know, and cool. It's art. We're talking about art. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. our jobs to make art and talk about art. Sick. And it's you know? a dream every day. It yeah. Really is. yeah, it is. And Thank you for acknowledging that and seeing that and what yeah, we do. Yeah, you guys and are the best. It's really something that, yeah, no bullshit. And it's, yeah. yeah, I goosebumps a couple times and Aww. I appreciate you really deep. Ashley. Yep. Uh, thank, thank you, guys. Thank I love you. having you. And thanks for letting me do the interview in a blanket. <laughs> Anytime, whatever you want. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.